the Spider-Verse! Welcome to episode 10 of the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. We are a Spider-Man themed podcast with a Goomba twist and proud members of the Let's Go podcast network, pop culture without the pop, and a member of the Batman podcast network hosted by Batman on Film. I am, your, I am one of your co-hosts, the Consigliere of the Coalition. I am Peter M. Vera, and I cannot do this alone. And let me introduce you to the rest of the family. Uh, with me, as always, is Sausage and Meatball, uh, the Captain, Nico Caruso, and of course, the Godfather himself, Nicholas Caruso Jr. Uh, gentlemen, how are we today? Doing fantastic, man. I put in a, a big Sunday morning of reading to catch up yeah. with you kind gentlemen, so... I'm glad, you know, it's, we shouldn't have to twist our arms to read amazing, should we, boys? No, <laughs> no. We should not but that one, it's three times a month. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But I'm um, happy to be back with you, Pete. And then we're happy to have you back, Pops. I know last time was your birthday. Back, you, you were on a little bit of a celebration. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you recovered? Yeah. A little too much Sambuca? The hangover's gone? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, <laughs> I think the last pod you guys did was great. I didn't agree with some of the, uh, the takes in it, but that's okay. How about homecoming? So I'm back here. I got to write. Well, wait till you get a far from home. <laughs> I got to get you be... guys in line here. <laughs> well, that, you yeah. know, we've been doing these movie kind of retro review podcasts just to get going. And, you know, I said to Nico, because we, we all, the three of us kind of feel very similar about far from Spider-Man. We're like, you can push this off a little bit. Right. And Nico's like, please, 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 please. So uh, we're going to do things a, a little bit differently today. We're going to do basically one big comic uh, review show. Uh, we're going to discuss Amazing Spider-Man. I believe it's volume five uh, issues, 88 to 90, 92 point Bay. Uh, we got some m- m- uh, Madam Web movie news, which, uh, mm. you know, I'm still waiting for the video of Nico running around the alley in downtown Chicago. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. So uh, that and, uh, you know, yesterday was St. Joseph's Day. So uh, we're just going to just do our little guinea thing here as always. So uh, uh, what, what did you boys do yesterday for St. Joseph's Day? Did you guys eat your pastries or what? We did. Um, the Zephlies, right? Uh, is that what you guys call them? Uh, uh, Sphinja. There's, I believe there's two different ones. There's two different kinds, custard. right? Yeah. Yeah, the Sphinjas are more of the deep fried. The, the Zephli that my mom brought over from Frankie's Deli. Shout out to them in the great, <laughs> in the great uh, suburb of Lombard, Illinois. She brought two kinds, Pete. There was a cannoli filled one. Mm-hmm. and a custard filled one yes and they were absolutely amazing i was absolutely stuffed last night so so we did a weird thing yesterday because my wife does the uh she's irish and german so she does the corned beef every year but because my mom couldn't make it on saint patrick's day we had that yesterday so we did a little irish little irish and for dinner and then we did the italian for the dessert and uh yeah. as stuffed as i was man that definitely went down it's good. It, that, and that, I got one left. Cream slides. Oh my god! And I, it's it's heavy, and I got one left for uh, for tonight. Uh, it's Which funny I, that you did a uh, corned beef last night because that's what we did as well. Uh, because I worked um, on uh, on St. Patrick's Day, so when we got together, my mother's you know she makes the corned beef every year. She's like, "When did you guys want to do it?" I was like, "Let's do it on Saturday," and it just turned out yeah. to be St. Joseph's Day, which is fitting considering St. Patrick was Italian. Exactly. I like exactly. my, my Irish. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> So that's good. Um, yeah, I got my, we got our pastries from Scala's bakery, um, the local bakery in town. And, uh, we got the cannoli version as well. And it's just, it's great. Little powdered sugar. The, wow. uh, we got the, we had a little green cherry on top <laughs> this year, uh, which usually it's a, it's, yeah, green. it's a red one, but I don't know. I guess they were going with the St. Patrick's theme. So I, I get, you know, everyone's a little yeah. Italian on St. Patrick's day, right? <laughs> I think the pe- I think the people actually want to hear us eating during a pod. No, we're just, 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 just a bunch of you know, noises. 
couple you don't like those Sopranos where they where they eat during the uh, you know during during most of the episodes. Yeah, <laughs> just eat, we talk with our mouths full, and I think it would be a fun kind of a. Uh, Oh man, that's definitely of, something yeah. for the Food Network podcast. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> I, don't know, I still have to eat one because I worked yesterday and They're came home there, yeah. and there's, fell asleep and uh, but wasn't able to eat one last night. So I'm I'm looking to chow today a yeah. little bit. It's a little uh, post podcast treat. It could be. Sure, there you go. Hashtag. You don't need any more energy. You've had at least six okay. regulars today. Well, so that's, yeah, yeah. that's monster. <laughs> the big monster orange can is what he drinks. You know? I, I love watching Nico do his little like uh, cinephile videos, and it's usually with him, and it's either some bourbon or a can of Red Bull. <laughs> Those two go together. What's this kid doing? <laughs> I'm looking to get sponsored. Uh, I'm get sponsored. For a sponsor, you know? Thank you, you Wings. Have you have you met up with White Claw Gabe? He was in Chicago for a time. No, man. You know, I, I, he was he was down there. Um, he didn't tweet where he was. I have a feeling he went to the Barstool Bar. There's a Ooh. video of him there. Um, it was a missed opportunity. I thought about it. You you know, White Claw Gabe is the guy who did the yeah. Me on I know. Birthday yeah, from I know. Yeah, sure. Um, man, he's to, a legend. And um, to get him he's and actually together. very popular. <laughs> he's actually very popular in Chicago. I don't know why. Is, um, is, well, I know he's a, he's an in law of Nick Turturro. Yes. So you know, the brother of John Turturro, the new Carmine Falcone. So it's all connected, right? So let's get White Claw Gabe to cameo in Wait, the next was, Batman film. That was an Al Pacino. Oh, dude. Top five Twitter moment of all time, man. <laughs> you, did you, he thought Nick Turturro was Al Pacino? No. No. There's oh, an account. There's a tweet. Did you ever see that? There's tweet? a tweet. No. So you remember when Reeves, to do a little side yeah, here we go to Batman. the yeah. Batman here. When Matt Reeves was casting everyone, he would put up a gif of the actor. So he did Pattinson, he did Zoe, he did Jeffrey Wright, he did Paul Dano, mm. yes, I Colin Farrell, and then he did John Turturro. But there's a Twitter account out there that thought it was Al Pacino. So it retweeted it, and, and the tweet is like, holy F, Al F and Pacino. I did not it's in the Batman. Right. And then people, I'll send it to you later. And then all the comments are like, that's not Al Pacino. It's, it's, I don't know how you get the two of them mixed up. I know it's, it's it has thousands of retweets and I think it might have like a million likes or whatever. It's, it's so funny. Every once in a while, you'll see it pop up on the timeline. But it can bring it back. it's not totally off topic because he's Italian, but if Pacino yeah. wants to True. to the Batman verse as Maroni, <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all for it as an older. Sure. Have uh, Scorsese use that de-aging technology from the Irishman and we're in. And it's officially cinema, boys. It's cinema. 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 (laughs) All right. Let's go back to uh, the bread and butter here. Let's talk about comic books. Um, This, uh, I've I've read this whole cluster, 88 to 92 Bay, twice. I think the second reading really improved upon the story. I know last show, me and Nico were not big fans of this. Yeah. We kind of were kind of bummed out about it. It, it. it kind of valued more than it peaked, I felt. So, I mean, how would you guys want to go about this? You want to talk about it as a whole? Do you want to go issue by issue? Like, what kind of, what would you feel most comfortable with? Whatever you want to do. I So, you know, I was behind on it. And I, and so I read 84. It's so fresh uh-huh. in my mind. I read it. And I actually, I have to listen to the last show a little bit too. I didn't know you guys were so down about the preceding issues because I actually thought the story's progressing really good mm-hmm. once Peter gets back into it with his rehabilitation and what? the manipulation yeah. of Ben by the Beyond Corporation. So just as a, as a little preceding thing, I'm really, I'm digging it and I thought it flows well. So holistically, and then 
maybe we could just talk about it like holistically and then yeah. go sure. to some specific. specific issues. Um, to me, I think this volume is, I, I, I liked it more than the last one because mainly cause like Peter's back more. Yeah, sure. And there's, there's two, two solid Peter issues. Two, two solid ones with art by Mr. Mark Bagley, which also oh, helps a lot. Yeah. From my eyes, I was like, hoo, hoo, hoo. Yep. we're back. Yep. Um, I did like Peter coming back. That that definitely helped. And I think um the last volume, P and I talked about this, it kind of felt like they were stalling and like they were kind of just treading along. And now that Peter's back and they're progressing where Riley is going after Beyond finally. Um and with the help with Janine and exposing the Beyond Corporation with the files and everything. And, you know, uh, Kafta becoming the Queen Goblin. Like now it feels like we're getting to the climax. Mm-hmm. And here's where it's going. And this to me is more interesting than where it was at. Um, but I will, will say two solid Peter issues, including the end of 89 when he's like, I'm never ready. And that mm-hmm. splash page at the end yes. of going up yeah, the wall. Yeah, like yeah. that made everything in the run before it worth it. Like in that moment, I'm like, Oh, we're here. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. 89 and 90 are probably the two best issues Amen. in this cluster. Um, I do have some issues with what they've been doing with Kafka. Cause these, this, this section really, it, it really spawns off of what happened between 84, 85 and even 86. You've got doc Ock infiltrating. He kind of tells Ben's what's going on. And it, they don't, in my, like, unless I'm missing something here, guys, we don't really find out that Ka- we, they never really show us that Kafka goes from psychiatrist to Queen Goblin. It's, really. it's explained in the foreword of the book, and yeah. it was actually ruined months ago in a variant cover. So I yeah. think there's a big problem there with like that. To me, that's bad storytelling. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, we don't even really see her get kidnapped. We know that they take Ben from her, from her office and he gets his mind wiped. We know mm-hmm. she sees him get sedated in previous issues. I think it was 80, 84, 85, but we never see her go really. We never see her get taken from like one room to the other for the transformation. She's just already on the, already on the table. She's already bit the doctor. Right. And then she's <laughs> all of a sudden queen goblin. Um, so to me, that that's a bit of an issue. She kind of reminds me a little bit of menace. Do you guys remember menace from back in the day? I do not. Don't. The, the other, the, she was the the goblin with the cut off horns. Like it's. Okay. I, I'm oh. not a. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a big fan of these like goblin impersonators. Really, it kind of yeah. strikes me as weird. Um, I really did like the tie in issue eighty eight bay because it brought back the slingers. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, love those characters from Spider Man Identity Crisis. That is like They're one fun. of my childhood favorites. And Hobby Brown's back. The original mm-hmm. prowler my prowler yeah so like i to see him back in the fold and see him trying to do good and make up for his sins was really spectacular i enjoyed that um my biggest problem with the this whole story is issue 91 issue 91 makes no sense to me um is- while there's that's uh that's the the door z issue um because and i think it's bad storytelling and i don't like what thompson's doing because the previous two issues are so good. Like you've got two of the best artists to ever draw Spider-Man one's writing, one's drawing. And then you follow it up with kind of a messy issue. Like, you know, uh, danger doesn't want to open door Z, but then Ben does it. <laughs> and like, th- then they're like Misty and Colleen crash to the top of the building. Peter and Ben complain about it. <laughs> and then Ben blows a hole in the building to escape, to c- go confront uh, uh, danger. And I'm like, this is all just conflicting information. Like this yeah. is kind of weird and funky to me. So like, I didn't like 91, 
except for the Peter uh, Ben moments. And I don't like the monsters. Like I don't like Frosty, the snowman, the chicken boxer. And then you get that a little silly. You get, the, you get the, the killer turkey sandwiches. Like yeah. these things are a little too far out there for me. And that kind of bugs me. And yeah. I don't know if that's the rotating door of writers within the story. What, what do you guys think about that stuff? Well, you know, you hit it right on the head with the, the different monsters in the sandwiches. Like as I'm reading this thing today, I'm like, it's all kind of coming together. But like, I don't know that that just borders on the ridiculousness to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. But I agree with you on this issue because like, you know, they blow the hole through the roof and then they're, they're like, well, you guys can web it up. Right. You guys, you guys yeah. cover that. And then he does it again. And you're like, you're scratching your head and you're like, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, so, so Ben does this right as a distraction so he can get away from them. He's like, I know that they can handle whatever. That's uh, a valid behind, point. You know? And, and so it's for him to go back and kind of confront um, it's Maxine, right. At the, Maxine at, Danger, at, at the, at the beyond corporation. So, you know, I, I didn't dislike it as much as you, Pete. I, I felt like it kept the story going. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, Ben's has to do this on his own. I'm really digging what they're doing with Ben Riley because it is bringing me back the feels of the clone saga, mm-hmm. which at some point I've got to go back and reread. And we don't have that. I don't believe oh, that's a commitment. Yes. It's, a huge commitment. it's a huge commitment, but he is such a great character. And this Beyond Corporation has massively just mind effed him completely mm-hmm. and doing whatever he wants. And they, they so emasculate him, right? That he feels like he's a worthy, he was worthy to wear this mantle. And then he just realizes that it's all just a scam just because they can control it. So I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, the reveal of the super, Blizzard. what is it? Lizard, <laughs> Lizard at the end is pretty good. You know, I mean, I actually I did that. enjoy that. I enjoyed that a lot. Because really it shows did. you what happened to Morbius. Like, yes, we, we kind of said earlier, like Morbius just kind of appeared and then right. he vanished. And then you see that this, 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 I don't know, this behind door Z is this lizard Morbius hybrid. And I enjoy, I enjoyed seeing that. And, uh, you know, can you refresh my memory? Has Morbius had wings before? Am I just I not used to it? Know. I didn't. I read. He has these little wings now. Stared at that page, and I'm like, I don't remember. Does he have wings? Did he have wings when they fought earlier in the series? I don't know. I just. I know I'm very used to animated Morbius, and I know he didn't have wings in the animated show. I don't know if that's kind of dominating my memories right now, but you know, I kind of. I did like how uh, real Peter, Peter, uh, this Peter one (laughs) was like, I don't know if this is Connors. I'm assuming it's Connors, like that mystery element. Like he doesn't really want to like kill this thing. Um, I did find it interesting watching Misty, Colleen and Morbius team up to take down uh, this lizard. I thought that was fascinating. And, you know, the interactions like I like Misty and Colleen. They show up randomly (laughs) weird times. It's it's they had some levity. They're like the random sidekicks who show up and their dialogue is very fun because they're so casual about it. I love them calling them uh, when they finally agree to like, he's like, I'm a doctor. And then they finally agree, call him Dr. Mike. They call is what Mike. they agree yeah, on because yeah, they're just yeah. calling him Mike. Mike. And when he's like, who is Mike? What's a Mike? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, well, you're Mike. It's Michael Mike. Um, they were fun. I'll admit to just to go back for a sec. I, I agree about 91. So I love 89 and 90. 91, mm-hmm. I wrote down, it It feels like it's such a massive tone switch, not only because the art is kind of messy, but like there's so many panels of them just like webbing the ceiling and webbing stuff together and they're pretty 
they have this nice sense of camaraderie at the end of the book at 90. And then this issue is quickly the, like, I'm sorry, Pete, we have different agendas. Like it, 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 it mm-hmm. felt like it was really quick for him to kind of jump ship and go AWOL to you kind of serve himself, even though it's justified, but I dug the giant lizard and the Morbius thing came full circle, Pete. Like you said, we we were wondering early mm-hmm. on, like, why are some of these villains just popping up and popping out? Like, what is their purpose? And now they're tying them all back, especially when when you get to the end of 92 Bay, you see that he has the lizard and they're looking to, quote unquote, make some miracles together, whatever that yeah. means. Um, but that's interesting. And, you know, you know so. And then, Pete, I'm with you on the Kafka thing, because. I never do this because I think I'm a pretty good reader, as we all do, right? I think I'm a pretty good reader. Literally, after I think mm-hmm. issue 89 or 90, I, I reread them. And then I I literally went to Google and said, wait, who is Queen Goblin? Because <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. And then yeah. um, it brought me back to the variant cover article. And I'm like, okay, so it is Dark Africa. But like, it's so... They it's, say it in the foreword of, yeah, I believe it's, it's issue yeah. 90. It's barely even explicitly said, like at the end of 92 Bay too, when um, she's in the room and she's like thinking about Norman Osborn and she's staring at that wall. Like it's still not even like, well, it's like, it's it's like, I try to remember who I was. They changed me. I had a life. I'm like, who is this? And I'm like, oh, oh, it's that. You know, like it wasn't completely clear to me either. And of course, like for me, it was in the forward that I was like, oh, okay. Because when she's having that conversation with Maxine, that's yeah, and she's kind of stripping her down. And by the way, I didn't know. I must have not read that other part where she was a clone. Did you know she was a clone? Pete? She's. Uh, it's hard to keep track. It's like, so I don't early. know if I missed that or, no, or that was what, early in the run. It's like in 87, 88. It's in, it's it's in one of those. It, no, but that they reveal she's a clone or did you know she was a clone? I from thought before? it was earlier. I didn't know. She I was had a no clue when she said the she was danger a clone. told me she was a clone. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. It was told within the book. Um, That's what I'm saying. But was there anything that we were supposed to know? I she was a clone. One. Is there a storyline, Pete? Hold on. From before, I think I think there's one, an editor note in one of those earlier books. I think okay. it's an editor note, or it's in the late issues of the '70s, where I think Ben also reacts to the fact that she's a clone. I think she tells him, "Like, I know how you feel. I'm a clone too." Mm-hmm. I think that's in either the early '80s or the late '70s, or I'm making that up. No, because she tells him, <laughs> or I'm just because it's very clearly out. he doesn't know. That she knows he's a clone. And that's that takes place like in the few issues before it when they're having a therapy session. So for me, I was like, I must have missed this whole storyline with Ben from, from years ago, maybe, where this took place. I'm not sure about that. And honestly, though, and this re- re- and this really could be the consequences of the deadlines tied into all the different writers, right? Like, even... Even it does feel like there's a lack of cohesion, like I said, between 90 and 91, when you go from Gleason back to Tom mm-hmm. uh, uh, Thompson. So, yeah, good point about that. I don't know if anyone listening knows the answer. Yeah, I mean, maybe there was a preceding storyline years ago where it, it sounds like that, that, that there was that this was a precedent that happened. But Ben clearly is shocked when she reveals to him she knows he's a clone. Yeah. This sounds you know, like a job for Paul Herman. 
Yeah, it, it really, it, it Shout really out to does. Paul, yeah. please help us. And yeah. that'll just tell you the the tangled web these these Spider-Man stories. Trying Pun intended. To, you know, well, you know. Once you, know, you get these clones involved, everything yeah. gets crazy because you don't know who the real. I still don't know who the real Peter Parker is. I'm yeah. sorry, you could tell. I think both sides can easily make the claim for what, uh, if it, is it Peter or is it Ben. Um, I do have some issues with some of the decisions Ben made, especially in '88. Like he just runs out of the Daily Bugle. Right, yeah. he just leaves MJ to maybe die. That's, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a suspect move, but it does set up for Peter's grand return, and uh, I believe it was ninety. Like seeing yeah. him, you know, and that whole like black cat coming into the the hospital room, webbing him up, and leaving the web shooters. Like if you can get out, you can get out and help me. But like I'm I'm trying to keep you safe. Like it's it's black cat's always teetering that fence, right? She's always mm-hmm. trying to. She's never really one way or the other. Um, I thought that was great. Uh, and it's just overall. She's got just, a great shout out to Eartha Kit too. As yeah. we bring in a Batman reference in here. Again. She talks about superpowers yeah. and whatever. It's pretty yeah. cool. Um, you know what else is cool too is uh, the fact that then we get revealed that Janine comes in and actually cuts Peter free. Yeah, yeah I like um, that. So she knows she knows she needs him. Uh, you know, we're kind of all over the board here, Pete, but I, I have to admit to you that Probably my favorite issue of all this stuff was the Bay issue with with the Prowler. And I'm with that, you. Yeah, that, that, really that whole story was super interesting with the with Beyond taking over his company and the payouts and mm-hmm. him trying to figure out like why was it so lucrative? They could have done this mm-hmm. on their own, and it it had a little bit of the of the Batman kind of like feel to it. I hate to say that, but. Um, it was really good. And I don't, I didn't know a lot. I mean, I know old Prowler. I don't know much about this, this new version or, you know, what he is or what his purpose was, but the little team that he assembles, I thought it was really, really cool. I thought even the scene at the, um, when they go to the warehouse there mm, and they're yes. trying to do that one gentleman, I, I love that Ricochet. issue. And, and we know that they appear at the end of all hell's going to break loose, right? Yeah. Cause they show up here at the end of 92 yeah, and they're about to go all gangbuster with uh, with our guy Ben, but that's a group too that I would like to see more of in the future. I guess the cool thing about ninety two and then and then the the beyond issue is that for the first time in a long time, I'm looking forward to next week's issue and and continuing the storyline. Having see where it ends, we know there's a monumental issue coming up, right? Yeah, some anniversary stuff coming up, so I'm sure they're going to tie all these these uh, loose ends but seeing some of these characters i'm really interested in seeing more of them these two tying issues i think have done a wonderful job of really going into depth of just how corrupt beyond is yeah mm-hmm. you know we're, we, we've learned that not only are they you know that this this hero program is a fake it's a fraud because the real business is making the villains you mm-hmm. know it, it, they're, they're they're trying to do uh, they're trying to just they, they want to have their heroes, but they need their villains to, to, to create the damage so they can kind of sell their products. It's, it, you know, they're creating the damage to try to rectify everything. You know, they, it, it's, it's really great. And it, it's cool how I, I, I go back and forth on Maxine danger mm-hmm. um, because like it's at some point she seems like she's in control and then some point she, she doesn't. And it actually kind of feels very similar to what uh, uh, Tamaki's doing in detective comics with, with Dr. Ware. If you're reading that, there's kind of and some similarities here. It. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, which I found interesting because like as, as someone who's reviewing both t- titles essentially su- simultaneously, you're like, wow, these are stories are very similar. Um, but 
and 80, 92 was interesting because it, it ties up a lot of loose ends and it has some levity. Like you, you, you realize like it, it ties up the whole uh, lizard Morbius story, but mm-hmm. then it goes into this Monica Rambeau story where you're like, okay, wow, she's involved in this. So it's very deep in, within the Marvel universe itself. Like you've get references to the fantastic four and Hank Pym and the yeah. negative zone. Um, and it also ties into that, that, that guy who was uh, terrorized by Doc Ock when Doc Ock, you know, invaded yeah. the Encore publishing. Like, where is that, that was, going? That's obviously going somewhere, right? With that yeah. guy. I mean, he's <laughs> you know, he's basically trying, they're trying to fire him, but then like somebody else attacks beyond. So then he gives himself a promotion. promotion. It's very funny. And yeah. you guys mentioned the two epilogues. I thought that was great to see the slingers go against Ben Riley, and then to see Morbius and the lizard kind of like, form their alliance and then what does norman osborne have to do in all this so like yeah. i have a lot of questions and it does kind of make up for what i didn't like a month ago i'm, I'm really kind of digging this and i was like you know while while queen goblin isn't really my thing but like okay well again like what are you going to do with norman the yeah. last time we saw norman i believe was spencer's run yeah he was kind of repented he kind of, you know, like he kind yeah. of, he was helping Peter. He was kind of making up for it. Now, now, you know, and it's, he's wearing that like Iron mm. Patriot like look. Yeah. I don't know what that suit's actually called. But uh, you're like, okay, so this is going back deeper. And it, it is, it is kind of interesting. Like I'm, I'm fascinated, but like they've got to do something better with Kafka. I just, it's, it just kind of seems like there's something missing in the middle here. I just, I, that, that kind of bugs me. I can't seem to get that out of my head. Yeah, I would agree. I definitely think it's been worth the wait now. So last month when we were reading this, we we're like, okay, where's it going? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. The payoff was pretty much worth it. Um, I do think we're set up for a pretty epic finale here. I just hope it, I just hope it sticks the landing. Um, because you're right, a lot of loose ends are tied up, but there's a lot of interesting pieces to move forward here. And and also where are these characters going to move forward going, you know, post this story with the soft little reboot they're doing with amazing one with uh jrj coming back so it is it is pretty interesting and um it does feel good to be excited about amazing again i've always said this so um when i was catching up i'm, I'm like okay let's see how good this could be and then it ended up being pretty damn enjoyable and i'm just glad first and foremost that we do have peter back i think <laughs> i think that's the biggest that's, that's the big I'm, thing yeah well. i mean but that's the big thing is that he's back and he's himself and um i like how he's still a little bit battle damage to the point where he has to be a little more timid with what he's doing, but also has that classic conviction he has where he's going to get the job done no matter what. So it's cool to see him kind of fight his way back to being, you know, our, our amazing Spider-Man. And yeah, that's I a mean, good line by yeah. MJ. Like the two of you combined make one whole Spider-Man. Yeah, he's, like, really yeah. cool. he's like, Ben's not really fully uh, right. up to health and I'm not either. Like that's a good MJ line there. It's great. And, you know, you brought up too about Maxine, too. Like, I think they've made her a lot more interesting, too, because like she you could tell that she's really not in control of the situation. And there's that one scene where the the shadowy figures of the board. It's always like, is it like what's their Illuminati? Like, I'm almost curious. Are they just who is the Beyond Corporation? Who's Mm -hmm. running it? Right. I mean, maybe it's some super bads with spidey or maybe it's a conglomeration of guys so i'm 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 excited to see if they reveal that at all or that doesn't get answered till further on down the road uh and maxine you know she is a strong character i think i think she started out as just being this you know this woman of power that's kind of in control but it's she's much more vulnerable than that um she's been 
doing this before with mm-hmm. her protocols. Mm-hmm. I love when she says, why is it always a red button? I think yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. And she's got to do that. But yeah, I'm right with you, man. I, I've, you know, I've been a little bit away from comics for a while. I spent two hours today catching up on Spider-Man and it's like, I'm so glad to be caught up on the same page with you guys. And now it's going to be a little bit more refreshing. I think reading it going forward, I, I just hope like Nick, I hope they stick the landing here and I'm pretty excited where they go from here. You know, I say this with the Batman title too. I just wish they could get back to, to telling some, maybe like, how do I put this in a way? Vintage. Yeah. Not less complicated, but we're like the stakes aren't always like like the fate of the city <laughs> and the fate of everybody that is anything to Spider-Man. I just I it, vintage might be the word, Pete, you know, just tell some really, really good stories that can be kind of contained and you don't have to. It just seems to me lately, like everything I've read on Spider-Man from the Spencer run, it's just all over the top. Mm. And there's so many characters in every issue that you're just kind of yes. like scratching your head. too grand. Too yeah, right. Too epic. Minimal. Like, I wouldn't mind just a, a simple story of Scorpion robbing a bank and Spider-Man stopping him. It's, yeah. That's all I want. I Simplicity. Mean, you know? I don't know. Do people want that, though? Or no? I, I, I know. I, I do. do. Who's yeah. the, I mean, we're comic. Like, how do we define the current day comic reader? It would be us, right? I mean, I, is there us? Is who yeah. are these people? Like, why do these writers feel like everything? Like in in the Batman, like why does Gotham have to be under siege like every week when you're when you're reading it? Like it just gets tiresome. No, I understand. You know? and I and I just it it gets to the to the realm of I understand we're reading fantasy, but man, I liked it in the old days when it was just a little bit more believable and real. It's not even that. I just, I just think they got to tone it down a little bit. I, I, you know, again, just kind of simplify the story. There's a lot of characters going on. Again, you've got Misty Knight. You've got Monica Rambeau involved in this. You have the Slingers. You've got Queen Goblin. You have two versions of Spider-Man. You've got their two girlfriends, Black Cat. Captain America was involved in several issues. Like, yeah. this is a grand story. There's a lot going on here. It, it's so big that you have to have tie-ins every three issues. Like, yeah. I think simplifying things, toning it down just a little bit can go a long way, especially since, like you said, the Spencer run was very big and involved almost every major characters. At one point they were all together. They were <laughs> like, in, you know, I quite so literally I, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And then you have this, which seems to be great. And now you have characters being mutated with other characters. So I, I just think that maybe at some point toning it down, who knows, maybe at this reboot with Ramita, uh, I'm not sure what he's planning on doing, but I don't remember when he was drawing stuff, this being that grand. It just, I don't either. I don't either. On a large no. scale. Exactly. Let's hope they're going back to the roots. Like you said, Pete, I would love <clears throat> a two issue where Craven's hunting him and Peter's at work and he sees something going on and, Turns out to be Craven, and then it's wrapped up in two issues. Yeah, well, something simple that. like yeah. I don't know. Peter's <clears> taking <throat> photos of the mayor's daughter's wedding, and Craven smells him. You know, like and he's yes. got to like, hide his identity. Well, like something like that. Something kind of old school. That, but that's that's just me. But I I don't know what they're doing. Like the the big grand scale, I guess, on the movies, I understand because you're trying to attract a greater audience, so you want to, you know, kind of invite them and, and and do something they haven't seen before, but you know, the, the true fans are reading the books. Can I ask you both a question? Yeah, because like sure. we, we've talked about this and Pete, I don't, I don't remember if we talked about this or not. Like 
and we could probably say this for when the next run starts, but don't you feel like I think the next thing to make him really interesting is in main continuity for him and MJ to have a kid. Uh, well, if you read uh, uh, Spider-Man, oh man, what was it the Vows book? They did. There was a. It was an alternate reality. I forget. I forget what. Uh, Life story a, by Chip. Not Life story. I forget what it was. Oh uh, the. Oh yeah. I mean, like in in this. But you're main, talking about in the main continuity. Kind of like, like how. Real, like, um. Kind of like how like John Kent's here now, right? And yeah. like you don't have to age up the kid yet, but like I feel like that could be the next because it gives his. It, it grounds the stakes to just him, but it also makes it more personal. Like, oh, kind of like in dark ages, right? Like I have a child at home now and MJ's a little bit more like, you know, you're still Spider-Man, but like, remember when you go out the door, it's not just me who's worried if you're going to come back, it's our child. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that could be like, cause I feel like when they brought in Damien for Batman, that did change the game in a really cool way. Cause it was something that, added i don't know i've always said in main continuity i think it's time to let them have a child and let that be his personal stakes for a few years is my child i want to raise it like let peter be a like in this long form storytelling that they're doing in the ongoing. well it would be interesting for him to juggle right his his fatherhood along with his spider-man and then his career it would um, add to the struggle of Spider-Man, which is something that we it would add, love. right? Yeah. And I and I would be for it, and I would agree with you that they they do it from the beginning, from an from an infant, yeah. That you don't you don't raise, don't age the child up, yeah. So it, that it's it, it doesn't have forward. to be that, yeah. Um, I would like to see that. I I would agree with you with everything we're saying here. I would love to. I, I wish we could interview some of the writers and just talk about you know the the pros and cons of the modern day comic book tales and, and trying to keep them, I guess, super interesting on a grand scale, but yet grounded because I'm right with you, Pete, like Spidey's life is like one big soap opera. It keeps going. So yeah. there's always the continuation, but it would be nice to have some of these arcs wrap up in just a couple issues and that, and they don't necessarily have to be part of a bigger arc. Right. Cause someone might argue and say, well, in this storyline, you know, Doc Ock is only around for three issues, but it's part of the bigger narrative, you know, yeah. like just let it be an isolated thing that doesn't have to fit into some big grandiose scheme of some huge elaborate takeover of the city or of, of, of everybody that Spider-Man knows. So I don't know. It's interesting. Is anybody reading anything that's like that? Because I, I will admit right now, I've got to catch up on Batman. I'm really only reading this. Um, Detective Comics just wrapped up their Shadows of the Bat, which was a 12 issue exclusive. Yeah. I'm going to get into that. Was it good? It was contained within. Uh, I thought it was good. Uh, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, it wasn't great, but okay. um, it, it, it was contained within the issues of Detective Comics. But no, everything seems to be a lot more larger than life in yeah. the industry right now. Um, if you want to read Spider, the, the name of the volume is Spider-Man. I think it's Renew Your Vows. Okay. Um, yeah. that, check that out. There's two volumes. Spider-Man, MJ have a kid, and it, it's it's alternate reality. So like it's not it's not exactly what you're talking about, but it, it's it might be something similar. I wanted to ask Nico. Nico, you're riding really high on the No Way Home uh, wagon right now. Hell yeah! Um, Hell yeah! Seeing <laughs> those Spider-Man together working together, then seeing these two Spider-Man working together, like do you kind of get the, the the vibes of that? Does it has No Way Home kind of increased your hype and anticipation for this story? Seeing multiple Spider-Man together in the fold in various forms of forms of media. 
That's a great question. It is a good question. <laughs> you know, I do. I do. Um, it is fun to see these Spire characters work together, you know, and of course in the film, it was the greatest thing ever for me. Um, and in the book too, the Ben was always an interesting choice that, that we talked going back to the beginning of the run because he is, he has Peter's memories in a way he's a part of Peter. Mm -hmm. So I do enjoy it. Um, part of me wonders, is that something they're going to keep doing is bringing in these other spider characters to work with them, et cetera, because that does seem to be the hot thing is putting all these spider characters together. Yeah. And, um, what's cool though, is it's in a little bit of a different way because the comics have the, all the different spider characters and the films really just use three Peter Parkers. Um, so it is a little bit of the best of both worlds. And I do think seeing, I do think it it was cool to see No Way Home and then read this run and be like, oh, see, look, it's like the Spider-Man's together again. I think there's just something aesthetically pleasing about it. Um, and as long as the stories are at least serviceable, I think it could work almost every time. You and do we even it. got Miles yeah. here too. Like Miles. Yes, and Miles. Yeah, I forgot because his costume is. Ugh. Oh, it's atrocious. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. I, I've suppressed that ugly costume. Yeah, no disrespect, I, I, but I, I mean, for me, I like Solo Spidey. I I don't. You know, like, I almost feel like the Flash TV show where, like, there's all these, like, different versions <laughs> and characters and everybody's got speed. And I don't know. I, I would prefer to see Spidey become a little bit more isolated. And then maybe the team ups are with, like, we're always going to love the Black Cat. I mean, she's sure. a great character. I'd like to see some Daredevil again, maybe with him if cool. uh, if he's going to do been some a while. stuff. Yeah. Even even the F four, you know Johnny and stuff. I mean, again, I'm I'm aging myself, but I I would prefer. But those are classic stories. Yeah, I would like, prefer to see that. Fall in love. Yeah, I would prefer to see that than all these different spinoff Spider-Man characters. And you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound really naive here and stuff like that. Does he ever team up with Miles a lot? Or I mean, I haven't. I've been reading the oh, book yeah. for a lot they've, of issues now, and I mean, Miles was in there sparingly with Ben, but is he done. ever with Peter? They've done a lot together. Okay, yeah. okay. In, in, in the real continuity, right? It's since since, since Miles yeah. has been introduced to okay. six one six. Yeah, since he's brought into the main continuity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty and Spider Verse in twenty uh, what twenty eighteen kind of like jumps like really propelled that forward okay. too. Um, maybe and now maybe Miles has his own book and he's getting. Yeah, his yeah. I'd like to too. maybe read more of that together because he's the mentor and, and yeah. you know and him. I mean, I, I think that that would be cool, but man, I, I just, you know, I would prefer Pete get his footing back, get his relationship back and uh, let's mix in some of these other, I think really cool Marvel heroes that he works very, very well. With. I will say with Cox being in no way home and with all these, with all the shows going to Disney plus and with Kingpin and spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert with Kingpin and Hawkeye. And the fact that they're bringing these daredevil characters back into the MCU, I think you're going to see the inevitable comic and on screen versions of daredevil, daredevil and Spider-Man Spider again together. I feel like that's coming. Maybe well, we're seeing with Morbius. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we're going to find out in just a week or so, mm -hmm. my friend, because Jared Leto has, uh, and, and we'll see if he has wings in the movie. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. It. We, well, we, know, we know he could fly in that subway scene. Yeah, and you, you, we saw a little bit of that with Doctor Strange uh, in Peter David's Alien Reality. 
Yeah. yeah. Dr. Strange was involved in a couple issues of that. So like th- you'll get that kind of like tie in, but not really a tie in to the movie type stuff. You know, like we'll put these guys together because it's coming out. And we said the last show like, oh, hey, Morbius is in this. Oh, that's because his movie's coming out next month. Yeah. That was until the last delay. Exactly. So. Speaking of that, guys, I, I thought about this the other day and and I'm, I'm sure between the three of us, too, it's even higher. But the amount of times I have seen the Morbius trailer in a theater is unbelievable. I've seen that trailer less than I have seen the DC Heroes trailer. I've seen. <laughs> well, hey, you ain't going to see the DC well, Heroes trailer. So I actually well, haven't seen it in any of my showings before the Batman. Ironically, oh, like that's it. right, because they probably pulled it by yeah, by, by the time you guys were in Texas. But I, didn't, I didn't even see it in Texas when I went down there when oh, the, that's the first time. They pulled it by that. Time. Well, what's funny is all yeah. five times I've seen the Batman, it plays every that's time. So I interesting. Come, no way home it plays when i and saw, you just pound your armrest don't you and then i just pound when i saw <laughs> x and when i saw scream and when i saw death on the nile you're talking about morbius saw, now. yes okay. they, it played in front of all the i've probably seen that trailer in theaters 16 17 times since are we excited December. about morbius or no i mean i've just I seen the trailer so many times like cautiously optimistic yeah, cautiously yeah. Optimistic. yeah me too yeah. i would say that's how i feel even too, though don't know. don't you feel like there's no buzz for it anymore like no promo or is well or is the batman just what so i'm huge? worried about here's what i'm worried about more i don't think anyone knows about it yet That's... i'm worried about a lot of the people expecting something Andy? of a spider-man in there and if there's not it's going to be no matter how good the movie is or whatever i think it might fall flat to a lot of people i would say i put my money on you seeing venom in the movie over spider-man okay if that's, I had to guess, oh, because I think that I think that's just easier for them to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think you got to sign these guys to contracts to make appearances. Yeah. And I believe Hardy is the only one of them who's a lot. He's, yeah. He's right. Because Holland's always saying Holland's been saying no way home could be my last Spider-Man movie. So like, all right, you got to sign up the guy for the next one. And I, I'm pretty sure the other two guys were. I, I, if their sequels were that that loophole, right? They had that loophole for three and four. Uh, maybe that's what they used to get him in. There. Well, you know, it's sure. funny. Um, who said that in the No Way Home interview? Was it Defoe or was it Alfred Molina? I believe it was Defoe. He goes. Uh, he goes. It's the most. He goes. It's the longest I've ever seen an option used. Oh yeah, an option. He, he goes. Say that. Yeah. He goes. Yeah. He goes. It's it's the most creative way I've ever seen an option used. Yeah. We're waiting twenty years to exercise our option. So you're right. Like maybe they were able to get those guys because they all had that option. That's what um, I think that was. And I'm curious about that. Also makes me so curious. One because we love him, but I'm so curious for Keaton in this movie because like. Oh, that's right. He is in it. We've seen him in yeah. trailers. That's not he's, even like he's in it more in the in the in the further trailers. He's got more dialogue in the recent trailer. He's like the voiceover for the last third yeah. of the trailer. I mean, he's, really? Okay. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm wondering too. But like, was that an option for him? Like, did he or is he? I wonder if you're going to. Do you think they're going to tell you who he is? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Because what if that's a loophole in the contract? Is if we don't say he's tombs? Can uh, we I, but I, I don't know because Sony owns the movie rights. I think they can do whatever they want. That's true. Think, oh, yeah. Marvel but would have right. to tiptoe around it more than Sony would. That's right. That's right. right. It's not a Marvel. It's a Sony. I just know coming off of No Way Home, it, it's, it's, I'm curious to see how this thing, how this thing plays out because you've, you've, you've done such expectations in people's minds that 
my fear is that it's a really good story and it's entertaining and but everybody's looking like it's my, like the WandaVision where everybody's looking for who is the aerospace the story, engineer but who yeah. you know wait a second there was no venom or there was no andrew garfield or you know there venom was no does get a name venom. drop that's in a trailer does, right? that much he does yeah. get a name drop we see the wall of the spider-man yeah. it says murder and it looks like toby's so i don't Oscorp, it shows Oscorp. We know there's not an Oscorp in the MCU. Nope. Uh, Willem Dafoe confirms that in No Way Home that there's no Oscorp here. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm interested. I just hope it's an enjoyable movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got a lot of people. It's got Tyrese. It's got yeah. Matt Smith. It's got Keaton for a little bit. I, 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 I hope it kind of teeters more along the lines of like horror suspense. Me too. Yeah. CBM. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know what to expect, honestly. Like Venom is its own animal, really. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's more like early 2000s comic book movie than anything else, to be honest. It doesn't, it, it's almost yeah. like it doesn't fit within like the current genre, right? It seems like it's almost like a throwback no, yeah. to that. Totally isolated. Like it's yeah. own thing. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. it's weird to see him in the MCU for like 20 seconds. And yeah, I'm right. just, is he, it, and then he leaves that semi. So we have nothing but really questions about what's going on in this Sony universe of Marvel yeah. characters. And I'm curious, I don't know, maybe it's an entirely new Spider-Man. Maybe we're going to get a fourth one. I have, I have no idea if he's even in the So it's, uh, you bring up a bunch of valuable questions and interesting questions, but I'm, I have no idea about, uh, you know, <laughs> that's good. Though. I think it's good though. I think it's good it, to be, it, to not it generates know. interest. Yeah. Like I'm generally I mean, interested. Yeah. I don't, it's weird. It, it, is, am I interested in the movie itself or am I interested in what the ramifications are after this movie for the, for the whole, like I said, the universe. So, and is Madam Webb the movie that fixes like connects it? Yeah. Well, now that you, you, you that's Let's one hell of a segue. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Bring yeah. it up. Uh, we're, I'm going to lean to you on this one. Uh, your girl, Sydney Sweeney, oh, no. was cast brothers in Madam Web. So, brothers. is that a good thing, brothers? It's an amazing thing. It's a spectacular who, thing. Really? Who is this girl? Okay. Yeah, so why should I be okay. pumped? I know. Why, she's yeah. In why should I be excited? I mean, she's a pretty young Warner. woman, but it's what's right. why. All right. Settle yeah, down why, now. All right. <laughs> just so, kidding. <laughs> Let's uh, let's get you to the head of the table and uh, all right. Hear what you have to so, say here. so convince us. Okay, me I, and I Peter are like we're throwing this at you. Like it's the meeting. Like you said, I will Peter, convince you why. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's the three families are gathering here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're gonna prick your finger. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Prick the finger. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let Fredo do anything. Yeah. No. She could stay in the corner. Fredo's with Mo Green. Yeah. <laughs> Send him to Vegas with Mo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Um, okay, so Sydney Sweeney, for those of you who don't know, is one of the main characters on Euphoria, which is a massive, massive show starring our MJ Zendaya. Um, it was the biggest show of the year. It's you know, it's you know Emmy winning, and Sydney Sweeney this season had a massive breakout role. Like her, her character, I I could argue was like the co lead of the season um her acting performance was great she also was in the white lotus that came out which was a popular hbo limited series um she's appearing in once upon a time in hollywood um so so she's kind of on the come up here why it's so huge is she's the same age as tom holland um and just the way her character is in euphoria she does have this felicia hardy ish um like personality to her or 
I could argue if they kind of do her hair different, she kind of looks like a spider Gwen. She, she kind of looks mm-hmm. like a version of Gwen Stacy. Um, I think it's cool because I think she's about to be a star. Like she's in the running to play Madonna, or I believe, in an upcoming. Could she be a Julia biopic. Carpenter? She could be that too. She could be that too. So why I think it's huge is she's about to be. Um, she's one of the biggest. She's really popular right now. And as this growing fan base and that euphoria fan base is strong. So I do think it's a smart casting because I think mm-hmm. it makes Madam Webb with Dakota Johnson, who kind of has a fan base and is also has has a lot of these roles coming out. That's putting her back in the limelight to put these two together. I think is really smart by Sony and they're casting people who the GA is really familiar with or most of it or a good portion of it. Um, I think she would play both parts well, but man, I think she would be a stellar black cat. Um, is that what you're leaning towards? You think she's Black Cat? It hasn't I'm, been announced. She's I'm, just been cast in the movie. I'm leaning towards Black Cat because there were always those rumors that Sony was trying to come up with a project for her. And I have a feeling putting her in this is like the, was like, oh, here's how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm more and more convinced that this Madam Web movie is going to be like the Spider-Verse connecting thing. Part of me also wonders if she really is an alternate version of Gwen. And that's what they want to do. Mm. Um, Part of me, in my mind, I would be shocked if she's not Black Hat or Gwen, just because she's that big. And one of those two characters, I feel like, is what you bring next. Yeah, I mean, going forward, it, it, I, you know, we all would want what Tom to reunite with Zendaya and them to be happily ever after, but that's not really how it works, right, Pete? So I, I, I would think that setting up an alternate love interest for him. Yeah. Um, when could I be s- an interesting thing. Could be, could, could it's basically what we've 60 years of reading Spider-Man, what we've become accustomed to. And when to, I so. say Gwen, I, I mean, spider Gwen, like the version with mm-hmm. powers from yeah. the alternate, like, I don't think okay. they're going to do a regular Gwen. I think they're going to gotcha. do this one. Cause she is pretty within to the spider verse and comics now yeah. she is pretty popular of the character spider yeah i'm not as versed with that character so, either, so i it's just something that i haven't read about and i my only introduction to her was with the spider verse movie which and is if cool you look but, if you look at the version at least in the across the spider verse trailers if you like look how gwen looks like you could see them doing that mm, with sweeney's face like she looks yeah. very similar but wow. she could also pull off felicia yeah. um in my opinion, you know, I'll say this as I'm listening to you guys talk. I mean, one thing's for sure that on the big screen that they're developing quite a spider verse here with these villain movies. And, and then I go over to the dark side with our guy and it looks like they're developing a Batman universe. Um, It's pretty damn exciting. It's, it's pretty cool right now, Pete. Well, we're also I mean, getting the chameleon and Craven, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's true. Exactly. Cool. We forgot, we forgot about that one entirely. Yeah, that's, which that's is, another, I just thought know, of that. Yeah. So, so who was cast as that? I don't remember. I, he's someone who, Pete, uh, I don't know. You know I, don't, I don't remember. <laughs> he was in something recently, though, that okay. was big. I'm, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I mean, up. you know, I got you, brothers. It and it, brothers. it all goes back to Morbius too, because you start thinking of the vibes of the Craven movie, right? You'd feel might be yeah. similar to Morbius, and um, it's just it's it's blowing my mind to think of all this stuff that's out there in front of us and the stuff that they're developing. He is he is also from the White Lotus, which Sydney Sweeney was also. On. Okay, is he younger too, or is he? Yeah, he's younger. He's like I okay. want to say he's either mid to late twenties. That's a great character for the screen too, the chameleon, huh? 
I would um, think so. I think there's a lot of things you could do with that. You know, right. I, 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 you know, recently I wasn't, I didn't like the chameleon conspiracy. That's no, we, none of us. No, no, yes. You could we go, back. A, yeah, go yeah, back. Yeah. I was, I was not a fan yeah. of that, but uh, I, I'm interested to see like the whole dynamic between chameleon and Craven would be interesting. the half brother relationship. Like that's something that a lot of people forget, you know, like, Oh, they are kind of related, you know, in a, in yeah, a weird way. Of course they are. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be it'd be interesting. Like, how does that unfold? And to see uh, to see this version of Craven, it it would be fascinating to me because I'm just like, yeah, a lot a lot of the uh, like I would say interest in a lot of the Sony stuff is just, well, how are you going to do this without Spider Man? You know, you're doing this like villain verse, and Spider Man's kind of the afterthought. Yeah, it's the only two things I keep coming back to are and they're both one is more realistic and one's crazy the realistic one is okay there's going to be something in one of these films where you just start putting it as holland somehow it's holland jumps back and forth or they're literally going to do where they just have andrew do it Mm. but the second one i still don't see i still don't see how you i know there's going to be multiple batman but I don't see how you have two solo Spider-Man films like coexist. I feel like they well, won't do that to how I think I know, but I think that based on what the last one just did, I think they'll take a shot at it. Well, yeah. would they really be doing that to Holland? Like, or is Holland just done? Right? Like if know. Holland doesn't come back, is this their way of still producing a Spider-Man film? That's a maybe how wants to go away for a few years, and right? Do some other stuff and let then, Andrew do it. And, yeah, and, and I then, mean, and then come back in five years and then do his because it seems like Andrew's the one who's most interested in returning. Toby, I would, I would like, agree that's what it looks like on the yeah. surface. It does, but where's my goat at? at this where's point? My goat at? Then green light something for the goat while where's they're the at goat, it. Man. Then green I, I think Toby's more than happy being the cameo king, yeah. You know, to be honest with you, I don't know if he really. Is is he still actively acting? Like I, I feel like he hasn't done. Well, a whole his lot of comeback's work. about to happen. Yeah, he's actually, in, okay. movie he's in uh the director of La La Land, his name is Damien Chazelle. He's doing a movie called Babylon starring Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. And Toby. And Toby's wow. in the okay. movie. And Toby's also one of the executive producers. Um, the movie's about it's actually it's a pretty great, interesting. Great it's thing, when yeah. acting went from silent to sound, mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt is the silent actor. Um, who tries to make it in the new in in the new industry? And Toby's one of the now, main characters with him. There is a movie, and I'm sorry, I don't remember, but there's a classic movie that addressed this. I got to find it out. So this is not a story that hasn't been told before, but it's a fascinating story, right? You are a a Hollywood heartthrob, and now you go to talking, and it he just can't cut it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's, I think the cast sounds silly. Sounds there's other, great. right? There's, it's there's a, a lot big cast, more right? people. It's, uh, you know, but this I'll is Toby's return, quick. right? Basically, it's, to it's, other than Spider-Man. It's, besides Spider-Man, it's his first acting role since like 20, yeah. since like the Great Gatsby in 2013 or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's been gone for a while. And I gotta think No Way Home really got his juices flowing too, because it, I mean, I think how, so. You know, you know and, uh, you know, you mentioned actually, this, this yeah, the next topic. The, yeah. the 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 special features for No Way Home, um, I've been watching a lot of them. Have you guys been watching them? Have yes. You been oh, them? Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. For me, the highlight actually uh, was um, let's see here. I want to say it was the action choreography was great because yeah, they took a lot of the wire work, which is interesting because they mentioned like 
there's they've never done a movie where so many people are on wires where you know you got to be careful because not only do they move differently but you can't get the you know like ghostbusters don't cross the streams you know you got to yeah. be really careful yeah, yeah you got to be careful, right <laughs> this isn't this, this is real life and these guys are all dangling like marionettes and uh i thought holland's uh six minute segment his uh spectacular spider journey was great because mm. again, he ends that like mini documentary slash interview saying if i never return i have closure here with this film mm-hmm. which He's really laying it on thick that he may not be coming back. And I think that is a very strong possibility. I don't know if it's a financial thing or what. Maybe they don't, maybe Sony slash Marvel doesn't want to pay him. Maybe he's asking too much. Maybe he's a Boris client. I don't know. It's fascinating to me that he always seems to throw that in there. He's playing the PR game really well. But uh, what were some of the highlights of the special features from you guys? Yeah, no I was mean, watching I, it more than Nico. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, look, I'm a sucker and I love the three Spider-Man together. I, I was just so ecstatic and so pleased with how wonderful the process was for the three of them. Mm-hmm. I thought any any misconceptions about Toby being hard to work with or <laughs> temperamental seem he seemed like he was having a blast in reality it seems like it was a complete love affair between the three of them a real brotherhood i'll tell you pete the one thing i was amazed about that i kept looking to him and saying was that i was utterly shocked that they did film all those scenes and everyone was together that they were on the wires and they were just a few feet apart from each other like even the doctor strange scene i didn't know cumberbatch was right there yeah, they were literally standing right in front of him. I just assumed that a lot of what I saw was just CGI and that they weren't in the and, same and room Toby together. Was actually with Alfred. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you see Toby and Alfred Molina just 15 feet apart from you, it makes me love the movie more because I'm like, wow, they were truly all there together. And what an incredible experience. I have a lot more respect for the director, for Mr. Webb. I mean, I just I was just Watts. I'm sorry, Watts. Mark Webb. Mark Webb did the other <laughs> ones. I just have a lot of respect for what they were able to accomplish and the fact yeah. that it was a lot more real than I thought it was. And I don't know. What about for you? What else do we We watched everything. For me, great. I would be once again, the two uh, ones with the three Spider-Man was just a joy. It was just euphoric. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just so heartwarming. Cinema. Special cinema. feature cinema. Pure cinema. Special <laughs> feature cinema. But I will say my favorite one at my my favorite one actually ended up being the John Watts one because yeah. I remember even on this show, I think, and other shows I did, I'm like, I'm surprised that on the press tour and the lead up to the film, there was very little Watts wasn't on it, first of all. That there's I don't know, I don't know if there's if there's interviews with John Watts, and they never really talked about John Watts. And then in all these in this one, they're talking about how brilliant it was and how great he was to work with and mm. how he gave him freedom and how the older actors respected the hell out of him. And that um, he was very like it was emotional to hear him say, like, when I started this, I didn't know what I was doing. And now I have a film where I'm doing all yes, this. The growing experience and, and the growing about. experience was super cool. And I um, as someone who who enjoys pieces of homecoming but doesn't really vibe with the second one he made something really special in this one and i'm utterly shocked that it took till this special feature if you bought this and watched this to know that 
he had such a massive stamp on it. And because yes. from, from the, from the marketing and the press leading up to mm-hmm. the movie, I was saying, Oh, I bet he didn't do that much. Cause they're not putting them anywhere. And mm-hmm you literally see shots of him with everyone Mm. and him, you know, giving a goblin's choice when, when um, (laughs) he always lets them end a scene with an improv version of what it's doing. I'm like, Oh, like that's a cool directing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was really pleased with the John Watts one. And it actually made me as someone who was not thrilled when he got named as the director of the fantastic four i did i've done a complete 180 i'm very excited for him to start fresh with that with all this experience from spider-man and him handling no way home the way he did to now kick off and really let's call it what it is to bring the fantastic four back to the audience because the last Mm -hmm. couple outings people especially especially that last one um he's got a big job but now i really think he's going to do it yeah, going to bring the first family back to glory. And I'm very excited for it. I'm I, and I'm with you. And especially since he, he brought up something that I, to piggyback off your FF idea, um, he mentioned the growing experience between him and Tom, how they grew yeah. together. They evolved together, both being like, oh, we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And to kind of make this, it's a, if it if it's over, this Spider-Man trilogy, the, this just amazing piece of uh, comic book art, really culminating twenty years of Spider-Man. Like he was, you know, we went on this journey together, and we learned from each other. And there's a lot of experiences, and I've learned a lot, and Tom has, and you know, I was like, he's going to take a lot of these experiences into the next movie. You know, he yeah. was very involved in creating this new version of Spider-Man, and kind of evolving it into what we think is a more a very traditional Spider-Man, and you know, I think he will carry a lot of that experience into Fantastic Four. And I think that's going to be vital to, like you said, restoring Marvel's first family to where they belong. You know, like this is, they are some of the greatest characters that uh, Stanley's ever created. So, you know, it, it is, it should be their time to shine. And I've always had faith in, in Watts. I thought he's done a, his, his filmography is very good aside from uh, far from uh, far from home. Uh, I don't like that film, but everything else that he has done, I have enjoyed. So I, I think he's I think he's very capable and I'm excited. Also, one of the I didn't mention this, but the alternate reality Easter eggs, it's only five minutes. Mm-hmm. Lots of information. Very um, fun. Yeah. License plates. License plates is great. Stuff man. like that. Yeah. Uh, really the, cool, the, the deli makes an appearance. I didn't even know that was in a deleted yeah. scene from Far I From Home. Either. I thought that was cool. Uh, and there's references to what if. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's references to comic books. Uh, you know, and, and fascinating stuff. Probably some of the best five minutes uh, a Spider-Man fan could ever watch, to be brutally honest. I thought that was great. So mm-hmm. there's, only, think... there's only two they left out. And what was there's that? only two they left out? Andrew Garfield offers to crack Toby's back because back in 2004, Toby McGuire. Yes, held out, you know? And then, um, uh, and Toby Spider-Man tells Andrews he's, Amazing, amazing because his films are titled that and everyone considers his films worse i'm just kidding but those it would have been they got 24 of them in there. Back yeah, on. Yeah. it would have be been funny it would have been it would have been funny if they threw toby's back in there that, that would have been funny but no that was a great one well you know yeah. what else there was a little reveal too where at the end of the scene at when they're all three together when andrew says you know where to find us yeah that they, did not make the movie but he echoes that like almost like there's a way for them. We don't know. Again, maybe that's not going to be part of anything, but it certainly was interesting. Did, did you see too? There's, there was an interesting couple shots of Toby Spider-Man on the glider. 
with uh, Defoe's Goblin. So yeah, there might have been some stuff that didn't work out, but maybe they did fight a little bit and they said, "Oh, it's 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 taken away from Tom." Taken away from Tom, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the more interesting things in that segment was when they when they talk about like the breach and the shadowy figures. They'd mentioned Craven, which has a movie in production we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. but they also mentioned the six arm Spider Man and what looks yeah. like a, a shadow a silhouette of Scorpion. Yes. Which makes me wonder, like, is the version we saw of Mac Gargan not going to become Scorpion? Like, that's something we've talked about in previous episodes. I'm I'm very curious to see. I would love to see Mac Gargan, Mac Gargan and Scorpion uh, finally full fledged in a in a live action film. Um, is he going to be uh, a Scorpion from another universe? I don't know, but uh, I thought that was very interesting because I, I remember when I watched the movie, it happened so fast I couldn't make out any. And there's like, the second one. I'm like, no. Yeah. And there's the second the Rhino, one right? where you can see Rhino, but they didn't, they didn't show that on this yet. feature. It's Rhino, and it looks like someone else, like yeah. maybe like a female. So I'm, yeah, I'm interested that and i thought that six arm oh yeah i thought that looked like a spider slayer instead of the six arm spider-man but, but the six knows? arm spider-man okay. thing is cool because it makes you wonder if that's coming down the road somewhere yeah see that's that something sounds... i would like I me would too like almost like because at the end of like far from home i got kind of excited for what would be what i thought would be like the fugitive version version yes. of spider-man like him on the run uh from whoever is trying to capture him and I kind of like the idea of maybe Spider-Man mutating into a monster and maybe some, yeah. someone's got to track him. Maybe you've got to introduce Black Cat to maybe capture him or some way sure. to do that. I don't know. That's not up for me to decide. I just pay the money to see the movie. But yeah. uh, it would be cool to see a six-arm Spider-Man saga in live action. I think, again, deal, the, the common theme with Peter Parker and Spider-Man is always struggle trying to pick your pick your battles and trying to hide four other arms is a hell of a thing to that struggle with. So I would I would love to see that someday down the line. But that would be hard, my friend. I think it's good. Um, but uh, I, I think this is probably one of our better episodes, gentlemen. I, I thank you. I think this, is a good time. this is a great conversation. Exciting. Uh, I think it's exciting stuff, to, man. Yep. I think it's time to wrap it up and uh, do some plugs. So uh, let's do sure. it. All right. Totally. Everybody could find me at Ann Caruso Jr. on Twitter. And we've been doing, having a ball recording a lot of episodes with our good friend, drummer Rob 10, Rob Meyer for RBTE, right between the eyes podcast, our kiss three generations of kiss fans. We've got some Def Leppard stuff coming, reviewing some kiss stuff. So please give that a listen. Thank you, sir. You can follow me at Nico Caruso on Twitter, Instagram, letterbox at TikTok. do some, movie reviews there the oscars are next week so um that's gonna be a big one there's gonna 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 be a lot of discourse are you running a tux you and zeddy no oh please do come on if you're not wearing a tux you guys aren't trying (laughs) maybe maybe. we'll we'll think about it we'll think about it and then um also follow our other show uh speaking of zeddy with me and pop swell at the vigilante 1939 that's how we met our good friend mr peter here uh we did our batman review and then um by the time you listen to this our next episode should be out where we're talking about some more batman stuff but also it was uh the one year as x Snyder's justice league which we enjoyed very much so we look back at uh how that's aged for us over the past 365 days zeddy's got that baby face you put him in a tux it's gonna look like he's going to prom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Zed Master. Shout out to Zed. Zed, Zed, Zed he is. is. <laughs>
Jeez. Oh, I love you, Zaddy. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Pete Illustrated on Instagram, Twitter, and Zach Snyder's favorite platform, Vero. You can follow podcast number one, Straight Out of Gotham, at Straight underscore O underscore G. That is a news-based podcast that I co-host with a champion of Long Island, Eric Holzman. You can follow this podcast, the podcast you're listening to right now, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Follow me at Team Yellow Oval because we're just really excited. The Oval's back in print, multiple titles. Uh world's finest uh detective comics uh batman and it is coming in andy muccietti's uh flash film eventually and as well eventually. as batgirl <laughs> so the oval's making an appearance it's already here in some p- parts of media and it'll appear in others uh check me out on batman on film i've got reviews of detective comics and batwoman up on batman on film proper i've got interviews with michael Euston and toy reviews on batman on film youtube so i'm all over the place um, just hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to chat and talk. Once again, thank you for listening to the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. Again, we are proud members of the Let's Go Podcast Network, Pop Culture Without the Pop, and the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. And remember, with great sauce comes great macaroni. Oh, yeah. Until next time. Where's the Where's the heat? Yeet. Oh, there we go. Like, I, I got I to do it. I forgot to eat. That's a blooper. This one's for the blooper. That's for the blooper. Yeet. Goodbye, everyone.